This morning is such an important morning. And <laughs> y'all gonna like this. I want you to sit up and listen, silence your lips and silence your phones. Not because of what I'm gonna tell you, but what God is gonna share with you as we listen and talk through what we got to study this um, week in our study. So it's so important that each one of you all will have to make a decision on your own between you and God, what you're gonna do with this information you receive. Let me pray for us real quick. Father, I thank you that you are a God who is unchangeable and unstoppable. I thank you that the earth is full of your glory. Father, I thank you that everything we do is really about you. Lord, I pray that you would get me out of the way so that your word would go forth and transform hearts. Thank you for this truth that we're about to study. And I pray, Lord, that it will radically change all our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, great advice. Throughout your years, you get great advice everywhere from brush your teeth, look both ways before you cross the street. A new one is don't text while you're driving. Uh, eat spinach and you'll look like Popeye. Who wants to look like Popeye? I, I don't. And then there's always the one that I was told forever is eat lots of carrots and you won't have eye problems. It's not working out real good for me. So far, I eat carrots all the time. I am struggling with the eyesight. So what makes great advice is what it's based on, whether it's based on opinion or truth. And what I'm going to tell you, sweet women, this morning, I can say unequivocally is the best advice you will ever get in your life. It's 100% guaranteed, and you can stake your life on it. Are you ready? You may want to kind of really take a deep breath, get your pencils ready. Here comes the best advice in the whole world. The Bible's absolutely true, and it should be your authority, conscience, and guide. Do you get it? Lucina kind of stole my thunder a little bit last week, and she did the absolutely true. But that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to sit on this. We're going to really peel apart what it means that the scripture is God-breathed. It's inspired. And again, in the quietness of your heart today, you're going to have to decide whether you believe that. Your life here, right now, today, tomorrow, depends on it, as well as your life in eternity. And I'll tell you honestly, if we don't decide what we're going to do with this truth today, the rest of our study is really not going to impact us very much. This is a verse that our faith hinges on, that we're going to study. I want you to open your books, or you don't really, your books, your Bibles. You don't really have to because we we're going to have it printed up here. We're going to go to Colossians 2, 6, and 7. We're going to kind of use this as a guide to talk about the authority of God's Word and the truth in this foundational belief that, belief that will grow in our lives. I'm going to read it to you. Colossians 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. I think this is such a great verse to lay over what we studied today. Let's look at the first part. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus. Lady, this, this is Paul talking to believers. And I want to kind of step aside for just a minute. And if anyone's out there who really hadn't decided what to do with the claims of Christ, then this is where you are supposed to be. It's not an accident that you're here, and we are so glad you're here and would love to process with you what you want to do with that offer of a free gift of salvation. Linda, myself, Kay, and your small group leaders would love to talk to you about that. But Paul is talking to believers, and he's telling us what we should do after we have that salvation, that belief. We are to walk in him. 
That's our journey. That's step by step, day by day, moment by moment, decision by decision. And he goes on and he says, having been firmly rooted. I had this great picture of tree, a tree root and a and a weed root, but it didn't make the leap from my house to the church. It got lost somewhere in wherever all that stuff goes. But I started thinking about roots, and I started thinking about the pretty trees, you know, the live oak trees in Texas, and how they survive extreme cold and wind and heat. And why? Because their roots go down so deep and they spread out versus those little weeds that pop up overnight after rain. We're going to have some serious weed picking to do after this week because it's rained so much, thankfully. But its roots are short, and as soon as the Texas sun or circumstances hit it, it, it withers and dies. And so this year, our study, isn't it just appropriate? I thought, how good that there's a tree on the front of our study. So as you open your book each week to study, think that this is our root stimulator, and these are the qualities that we're going to build our faith on so we can stand firm when the circumstances of life just come bashing down on us. Um, I'm cutting out a little bit just for time. Uh, now we're going to look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And it's my goal to encourage you all to really, again, figure out what you're going to do with this. And we looked at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 this week as we studied. And we got to go over it, uh, hopefully, in your small group. We're going to kind of pull that verse apart, too. The first part. All scripture is inspired or breathed by God. God breathed means that it comes from the very mouth of God. The God of the universe is talking to you and he's talking to me through this word. God knows that we are easily discouraged, distracted, disappointed, disoriented, and a whole bunch of other disses are in my life. And then we're also prone to wander, to be pulled off course. And ladies, that's why he gave us the Bible. It's his word, his love letter to us. It's his basic instructions before leaving earth. Those of you who children have children probably know it spells out Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. He is the God who has called us by name. He knows our name. He put the stars in the heaven and knows them by name. He knew you in your mother's womb. Before you took your first breath, he knew the number of days that you would live. He knows that we need to remind him that nothing can separate us from his love. That with things, with man, things are really impossible. With God, all things are possible. And all this is found in God's word. And how much more is found, the truths that we can stand on. I used to teach two and five-year-olds for about seven years. And I loved the way that when we'd start to start the story and we'd hold the Bible, we'd pick someone to come up and hold the Bible with us. And they'd come up and they'd take it. And they'd hold it and would say, the Bible is God's treasure book. His words are written there. And when I turn each page to look, I handle it with care. Why? Because his promises are written there. And they got so excited about it. And that's what I want us to do is to be excited and thankful to have God's treasure book in our laps where we get to read it. Okay, back to 2 Timothy. All scripture is inspired by God. God breathed. And it's profitable for, Paul gives us four things, for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. Teaching, that's what we do here and what we do as you read the Bible. It tells you how to live, how to be a disciple, a learner of Christ. It's in the Bible. For reproof, 
This shows me and you ladies our rebellion, our wrong thinking, or our wrong beliefs. Correction's really the positive side of reproof, where it's the way to get us back on track, back in the saddle, so we can walk the way he told us to. And training in righteousness is to become more like Christ, so that we become more right. And that, again, our guide, our instructions are found in the Bible. Verse 17 says why that's important. The result of all these things is that God wants us to be adequate and equipped. We serve and love a God who wants us to be equipped for every good deed, to love him and to love others. Well, I want to help you just a little bit in truly believing that God's word is true and it is our authority. We got to look at 2 Peter uh, 1, 20 and 21 that assured us that this Bible is not by man's design. It is not the act of any human will, but by men who, were, who spoke from God, carried along by the Holy Spirit. That just means God's word is written by his chosen men and directed by his Holy Spirit. It's a book you can bake, bake or stake your life on. Now, I'm going to give you a little history lesson. And we always love that history spells out his story. Here are your fun facts about the Bible. The Bible was written by over more than 40 authors, a period of about 1,500 years. It was written on three continents in three different languages. 66 individual books, yet one unified book from beginning to end, the same story. And this part's important. The Old Testament, there's two books, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament has 39 books in it, and this is important as you read it to know. Some of you may be able to shout that out with me. The first 17 books in the Old Testament are history. The next five are poetic, and the last 17 are prophetic. And it's important because as you read it, you need to read it in the style that it was written. The Old Testament is God's story of his love for man, man's rejection of God, which resulted in separation and broken relationship and showing our need for a Savior, the Messiah, Jesus. Then after the Old Testament, there was 400 years of silence. Can you imagine living in that time, not being able to talk to God, not hearing from God? Then thankfully, the New Testament broke through. There are 27 books there. The first five are history, which includes the Gospel and Acts, which is the story of the, of the church, the early church. They're the stories of Christ's 33 years here on the earth, how he changed the world in just three years of his ministry. It's the story of his, his life, his death, his burial, resurrection, and his promise to come back. The next 21 books are the epistles, and they are letters of instructions, or just really correction how, again, we're to live. And the last book being Revelation, which is such a great book because he says Jesus is coming back and that we have hope that God will make all things right. Want some more proof of God's word that the Bible is our authority and it's reliable? Think about this. The Bible's indestructible. For the last 2,000 years, it has had so many vicious attacks because it claims to be the, God, the word of God. So, of course, people are going to attack it. From early times in Roman... Roman times, they attacked it through communist dictators to modern day today, atheists and agnostics want to dis disprove it. They, people want it off the walls of our government buildings, off our money, out of our history books, and yet the Bible has withstood all these attacks and more. I think Jesus really meant what he said when he said in Mark 13, 31, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Ladies, it's a book we can stake our life on. 
And I think if, if we're having trouble believing all this, maybe we say, I believe in Jesus, but I'm just not real sure about the authority and inerrancy of God's word. Then I have a, maybe a suggestion for us, something that we need to kind of weed through in our own hearts and minds. It may not be that you have trouble believing in Jesus, but we may have trouble believing him, believing what he said and what he said was important. And even in the Bible, when we have trouble believing, there's help for us. In John 8, 31, there's a story, of, I'm sorry, Mark 9, 24, there's a story of a man who cries out to Jesus and he says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. So if any of us are struggling, really believing that this is the inspired word of God and it's profitable for our lives and it should be our authority, conscience, and guide, then pray that this week. Lord, help my unbelief. And here's some other reasons just to make a decision of why this book is so important. Let me tell you what God says about his word and wouldn't you want to read this. God's word is honey in my mouth. It's able to save your souls. It's living, abiding, enduring. It's perfect and trustworthy. A lamp for our feet. I need that. It's able to renew our minds. It's the sword of the spirit. It's true, very true. This is a good one. Able to revive us in our afflictions. It is settled in heaven. Again, y'all are going to start saying this with me. The Bible is a book you can stake your life on. Why, is again, is this hard to believe? We read this uh, week about how the world twists truth. Listen to this definition off our internet. And I'm so glad you don't have to pay for Wikipedia uh, examples of definition. Truth. The word truth has a variety of meanings from honesty, good faith, and sincerity in general. In particular, it's in agreement with a fact or reality. The term has no single definition. Philosophers and scholars agree that it has no single definition, but they are still debating theories and views on what truth is. There are claims and questions about what really constitutes truth, what things are capable of being true or false, and how really to identify truth. So we wonder why we struggle with truth. Not only is it twisted, but people don't want to believe that there is an absolute truth. That's what the world says. Let me tell you what God says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. John 14, 6. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You want freedom? Start believing in the truth. That's John 18, 8, 32. And the proverb says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Struggling today? Then start believing in the truth that God gives us in his word wonder where we find ourselves this morning. Confused at our circumstances? I loved how our study talked about the guy scuba diving and he couldn't trust himself, but he had to trust those bubbles. Well, think about God's word as the bubbles of truth and follow them. Stake your life on them. It's hard for us to believe in absolute truth. And there's another reason, I think, or maybe y'all can't relate to this, but I tend to be rebellious, thick-headed, and prideful. And I also have an enemy who roams throughout the earth trying to devour me. And from the beginning of time, he has tried to twist and cause us to doubt God's truth. Do you remember in the Garden of Eden? Surely God did not say. Do you ever feel like Satan's doing that to you? Surely God did not say that he knows the plans he has for you. No wonder he's called the father of lies. 
Okay, now we're going to jump back to our verse in Colossians. We've been talking about roots and the truth of roots. We must be firm in our belief in God's word so that we can be built up. Paul goes on to say, after we established our root system, we can be built up and established in our faith, just as you were instructed to be taught. This is an ongoing call. Healthy roots produce trees that grow. If we believe in God's word, then why aren't we studying it? Why aren't we just drawn to it like honey in our mouth? We should be. And I want to tell you there are five ways to kind of take in the Bible. You've probably heard them. To hear God's word, read God's word, study God's word, memorize God's word, meditate on God's word. I think the first parts, the hear, read, and study, are the part that builds us up as we go. And then to establish your faith, to really get it into us, is where memorizing and meditating come in. And those of you who've done Titus 2 know this, but it's worth repeating. As we uh, read God's word, hear God's word, study God's word, memorize God's words, that's great. But meditating is really the key. Without meditating, you can't hold your Bible. You can't have a grasp on your Bible very good. It can be pulled away from you. But with that thumb of meditating, you've got a strong grasp on God's word. Meditating is, I think of it kind of like a bath. You know, I have friends that over here that love to take baths and they put oil and flakes and they light candles and they don't just get in and out. I get in, sit down, soap up, and I'm out. I'm not a very good bath taker. But they get in and sit and soak. That's what meditating is. And also, if you think you can't meditate, try this one on. If you know how to worry, then you know how to meditate. <laughs> you just need to refocus off your problem and onto God's Word. Then, what does God say about His Word in meditating? He says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written there. It's important to Him for us to read it. And then this one, if you ever wonder what God's will is for you, look at Deuteronomy 10, 12, and 13 later this afternoon. I'll read it to you. It says, what does, the God, what does the Lord your God require from you? Here you go. But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes. It's important to him that we read and know and then apply his words. If I skip the page. Well, the last part of our verse in Colossians, after we've been, after we've received, we walk, we're being firmly rooted and built up and established, our response is should be hearts full of gratitude, overflowing with gratitude. Remember how I told you that those children hold those books? We learn so much from children that we should do that. This is our treasure book, and his words are written here, and there is life and truth and hope in this. Ladies, the Bible is absolutely true, and you can stake it. Stake your absolute, complete life on it. And I want to tell you another great argument for why the Bible is true, and this one's really hard to refute. What book have you read that can save marriages, bring wayward kids home, transform drug addicts, set homosexuals free, reform hardened criminals, turn hate to love, give peace in crisis? That's the transforming power of this word. It's truth, and it can change your life if we spend time with it. If we stake our life on it, and I'll tell you, i got to confess, I struggle with this. I know it, but I still struggle with spending time in God's Word, and I think I'm going to struggle the rest of my life until God takes me home. And I have periods where I do great, and I have periods where I really realize, I realize the other day, I thought, where's my Bible? 
Well, that's a bad question. <laughs> I should know. I have an enemy who wants me to doubt it and not read it. My busyness can override my time that I set aside for it. I'm lazy. My desire for a little me time kind of ruins my plan for studying it. And then I really think sometimes my unbelief that it is the cure for what ails me. So what do you do with that when you're struggling? First of all, confess to God. And you bring a friend in, too. Tell them. Then you ask for forgiveness. You fall on your knees and thank God that he is a God that his mercies are new every morning. And you just do it. We discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, not for exercise or to fit in your clothes. The other thing I heard that was a, a good advice is that if you wear black, it makes you look thinner. But if you wear white and you get a picture taken, you're going to get washed out. So I hope I look like a washed out, thinner person. <laughs> but so we discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. We pursue to be diligent, approved workmen of God, not ashamed because we can handle the word of God correctly and truthfully. This is a great place for us this year, ladies, to be here and to do this together. And we can study and challenge each other to really take this into our lives. Advice bombards us, and I told you that I'd give you the greatest advice, 100% guarantee, advice you can stake your life on and your family's lives on. The Bible is God's word, and it's absolutely true. It needs to be our authority, our conscience, and our guide. It is God-breathed, and it's profitable for everything in our lives. And I just want today for us to decide. Um, my life has changed. I'm, the older I get, the more advice I'm asked. The older and older and older and older I get. And I think a lot of it has to do with my hair color. But uh, if I give my opinions and my advice, I fail every time. But if I can tell you what I've learned and found in God's Word, then I can stand on it because it's absolutely true. God has carried me and sustained me by the reading of His Word and the study of it through broken hearts, unclear future, baby in ICU, death of loved ones, um, a sister-in-law who's handicapped and understanding why, cancer in loved ones, teenagers that are now married and I'm going to have a grandbaby daughter. And um, thanks, Sophie. And uh, just body image and guilt. All those answers I have found and find that I'm changing. I felt like, I think Dream Girls was on TV. Not that I watched TV this week, but I think it was on and there's that song, I Am Changing. And I thought, by God's grace and his word, I am changing. And I just want to leave you with uh, that when we can stand on God's truth, he promises that he will not let us be easily shaken. So my prayer for you, for me, is to not leave here overwhelmed or discouraged, but to be encouraged, to decide what the one thing you need to do, whether it's to really truly believe that this is God's word, God talking to us. It's God-breathed and inspired, and it's absolutely true. Or maybe it's just, I need to go home and start again to pick up God's Word. Ask God to create that fire and that love in your heart to desire to spend time with Him, and then be assured that our lives will change. So again, I'm so thankful for you all being here um, to get to walk this journey with you guys and to study God's Word together is such a joy and a privilege. Let me thank the Lord. Father God, you are great, and you are mighty, and you are holy, and we love you, and we thank you that you allow us to love you. Thank you for your son, 
who died for us, that we can even come into your presence. Father, go with these women, gird them up, build them up, encourage them this week. Stay close to them. Father, our prayer is that we would neither go to the left nor the right from your path. I thank you that we can lean on you and not on our own understanding. I thank you that we serve you, a great and mighty God. And Father, I take just a minute just to pray for our team in Africa, for Lucina and Antoinette and Martha and the other women and men. Be with them the rest of the time they're over there. Keep them safe. Help your word to go strong, forth boldly and strongly and bring them back safely. Father, love these women and we love you.